Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Synergy Podcast and today we are going to be discussing cardio versus strength training, what the merit is for both of them, whether you can include both of them in the same training block and just whether there's any kind of crossover benefit from training both cardio and strength training. This was recommended by one of my clients, Amy, and I think she just really wanted the answer to this in a bit of a longer format. So here you go, Amy, this one is for you. So I think there is a lot of conflicting information in the fitness industry about just what the right thing is to do because you'll see some people who only perform cardio and some people who only lift weights and both of them tell you it's the best thing since sliced bread. So I'll talk to you a little bit about my journey in fitness. So it started with getting in the gym and actually lifting weights. And if you have been a young man before, you will know that anything that does not involve you getting a pump on or build muscle, you do not want to touch. And as such, it meant me dodging cardio for probably three to four years. I got to a point where I wanted to try some runs. I ran a couple of 5Ks, around 110K, and then I ran a one hour, 44 minute half marathon, which is a really decent time for someone who had never run further than 10K before. And then I picked up an injury during that run, absolutely hated it, didn't understand how I should be running, what the right thing was for me to do in terms of recovery, in terms of an actual programme. And so I generally just then avoided cardio from that point out. Um, I kind of went back into strength training, lifting kettlebells, um, that was something that I really enjoyed. And then got to a point again last year where I was bulking, <laughs> I just got myself really fat. And I thought, fuck this, I can't do this anymore. Like, I've got to start including some form of cardiovascular work into my training because I felt like I was struggling getting up a flight of stairs and I could deadlift a lot of weight. I could push a lot of weight overhead, but it was fucking embarrassing how out of breath I was getting with things. My resting heart rate was actually through the roof because the type of strength work I was doing was typically lower volume, but then with two to three minutes rest. So there wasn't really any conditioning element to that as well. And I think the turning point for me was January of 2023 when I was that fat that I couldn't even run a kilometre without stopping. And I thought, right, I'm going to set myself the goal of running a marathon this year. And I think within 14 months, I'd completed three of them. And along the way, obviously completed a lot of big runs. I think I ran about 12 or 13 half marathons in that year, three full marathons. Um, and you learn a lot about yourself when you are performing any form of cardio, particularly one that is so long in duration. Long runs would typically take me between two to three hours on a Sunday. The marathons would take me between four and five hours. Um, and that's a lot of time to think, a lot of time for some movement meditation, but also a lot of time for understanding just where your limitations are and generally how much further you can push yourself. And I wanted to start this off by talking about some of the benefits that I have found from introducing cardiovascular work into my routine. So the first of which is running my first marathon made me realise that I could pretty much do anything. Uh, in Manchester in April 20, I got to a point in the run, about 30 kilometres in, I'd done a first 30k in two hours 40, so I thought I'm absolutely flying, I'm going to do this last 12k in under an hour. How naive was I? It ended up taking me nearly fucking two hours to run that last 12k because I was just in absolute agony. And that was two hours where I was really questioning absolutely everything to do with myself, my psyche, my mentality. And I think the thing with running is that it is boring when you're doing it for a prolonged period of time. And it's the ability to push through that boredom 
when you're not enjoying something and when you're in pain that really helps put things into perspective. And I think something that carried over into the weight room for me is that I push my sets hard, but I would get to a point where they hurt and I would kind of stop. Whereas when I started running, I was like, this fucking pain in my muscles is nothing. This is going to last me like 20 seconds. I'm going to push this set. I've run a marathon. Like I know what it's like to be in pain for two straight hours. This is absolutely nothing. And so I think for me, the mental side of what running was doing for me was absolutely massive. I personally think that if you are beginning or starting out, the best place to start would be strength training. The reason I would recommend strength training before cardio is because typically the thing that most people do is they go, I'm going to go out and I'm going to run a five. And then nowhere near in condition to do that. Like people underestimate how hard a 5k is, particularly when you are going off the blocks really quick because that's what you do on your first run. You just go, fuck it. I'm just going to go balls to the wall. And you run, you get about 3k and you're dying. You get home and you're absolutely beat root. Your heart rate's about 190. And I think that approach for most people is what puts them off cardio because they think that every single run has to be going off for 5k and blitzing it as fast as you can. And that could not be further from the truth. But I found often that when I would do that, I would be in a lot of pain because my tissues were not conditioned to the impact of hitting the floor. This is why I recommend strength training because you can rep replicate the movement patterns of running with weights and it will help you become a little bit more confident, a little bit more comfortable help you get your heart rate up a little bit higher and be comfortable with being in those higher HR zones. And I think once you're comfortable with strength training, that is the point at which I would then start including some form of cardiovascular work. I'm not saying it's wrong to do it the other way around, but I am saying that if you start off doing cardio initially, you're probably going to find you have a good amount of aches and pains and you're probably going to feel like you want to give it up a little bit quicker than you will with the weights because you're likely to see greater benefits in a shorter space of time with weightlifting and I think momentum is absolutely everything when it comes to starting out in the gym if you cannot build momentum in that first initial phase you're likely to just fuck it off and then well you're not really gonna keep up with it long term are you so I personally think get into a rhythm of strength training and then start building the cardio up as well now where I stand on the whole hybrid training thing is that I think that these two styles of training, so steady state, I believe they massively complement each other. And there's a good reason for that. So for me, I have found that my recovery capacity in the gym when I'm lifting weights is much more improved when I'm in the routine of performing some steady state cardio. That is because obviously we're able to bring our heart rate back down to baseline a little bit quicker. And that means that we can then start our sets a little bit sooner. So whereas you might have needed two or three minutes rest from a set, you may only need 60 to 90 seconds. That's going to make you more efficient in the gym, which either means your sessions are a little bit shorter or you can spend the same amount of time and make your sessions a little bit more dense. Either of those things is going to lead to more gains in strength and more gains in muscle as well. So that's why the first reason why I think it's really important to do so. The second reason is because your body cardio is important for your cardiovascular health. It's important for your heart and it's important for your longevity. It is no good looking like a mass monster if you would literally struggle to run for the bus, okay? Because all that you're doing to yourself is making it appear that you are in great shape, but you are actually not in great shape. And for me, I would rather sacrifice having that little bit of extra mass or perhaps sacrifice the speed of results with building muscle if it meant that I am in better health. Because that's what we're doing this for. Like, 
Training is to make sure we are in a state of better health. Let's not get it twisted. Like, looking good is a side effect of taking care of yourself. It should not be the other way around. Okay, we want to make sure that, yes, we look good, very important, but we also want to make sure that we perform well and that we move well. And that, for me, is something my coaching service is all about. The Synergy Protocol is about moving, lifting, and thriving because I feel like those three things massively interact with each other. I feel like there is no point being able to run a real far distance if you look like shit, and there's no point looking great if you couldn't run a 5 or 10k. I think a prerequisite for a lot of people is we should be able to spend at least 30 to 40 minutes performing some form of steady state cardio and feeling like we can do it comfortably. And that for me is when I know someone is at a decent level of fitness. So that's why I think that's that's really important. Now, another question I get around this kind of hybrid style of training is that, well, I just haven't got that much time. Like, how am I meant to fit all this in? If I can only get in the gym three times per week, how do I know whether I should be focusing on strength or whether I should be focusing on cardio? And that is a good point. And as much as I'm a busy person, I do have to admit, obviously, I'm in a gym environment a lot more than the average person. So, yes, I will probably be exposed to cardio equipment, to weights that I have access to, to kind of just get a little set in or do whatever. So I am by no means saying it is not easier for me to stay in shape than it is for you. But I'm still somebody who works full-time, 50 to 60 hours a week. Um, And what I tend to do at this point in my life is I'll follow either a three or four-day split in the gym. And then I will try and incorporate either some cardio at the end of one of my sessions. I will try and incorporate cardio into the session. And then I will have a standalone cardio day as well. If you're in a position where you're training three times a week in the gym and then you're including some cardio too... I think that's absolutely ideal. I would probably not really suggest training any more than that. I think training more than that is for people who are legitimately obsessed with training or who have some kind of really lofty goal in mind that's performance-based. You can get really great results for your health and your aesthetics from training anywhere from three to five times per week. So if you're someone who is training three times per week and that's literally all the time that you have, what I would suggest is focusing on lifting weights in those three sessions, three full body sessions. And then I would focus on walking, which sounds really shit. Walking is really going to help condition your joints. It's actually really great for your heart. It lowers your, your blood pressure. If you can focus on getting anywhere between twelve and 15,000 steps per day in combination with those three gym sessions per week, you'll probably have quite a good base for cardio. Another thing I would suggest is in those three, four body sessions that you're doing is to include some form of conditioning. And conditioning is one of those buzzwords in fitness where I think a lot of people don't actually understand what it means. So my definition of conditioning would be bringing your training abilities up to the standards that are required of you. Okay, So you need to be in the correct condition to perform whatever it is you are looking to perform. Now, this typically looks like high-intensity interval training. Um, It can look like low steady states, like low-intensity cardio work. For me, the definition I use of conditioning is elevating my heart rate for short periods, bringing it back down, and then bringing it back up again. That's not what everyone does to condition themselves, okay? If you are a boxer, for example, you might be having long rest periods in between explosive plyo sets, okay? That's conditioning. 
But for me, I found what helped me lower my rest and heart rate was something called VO2 max training. So for me, it was either moving weights fast, spiking the heart rate, and then getting it back down, and then spiking it again, and then getting it back down, and then spiking it again. That kind of work can be very, very taxing. So I would include something like this once a week and then make sure I'm sticking to strength for the other two and a half sessions. Now, what I wanted to talk about here is conditioning and whether it can actually replace steady state cardio. So the evidence suggests that it cannot. So for your cardiovascular low intensity steady state cardio, somewhere around zone two or zone three HR, is what's going to improve your cardiovascular health. Okay? Weight training cannot replicate the effects that steady-state cardio can bring about. Now, that's not to say it will not help, but low-intensity cardio has got its own benefits as well, and I think it's important to include all of them. Now, you're probably sitting listening to this thinking, fucking hell, I've got no fucking idea where I'm meant to start, where I'm meant to go with it, I need to be training my VO2 max, I need to be training my steady state, I need to be lifting weights. And it does sound very confusing. And for me, I think being a hybrid athlete, in inverted commas, like it's something that's took me a very long time to learn how to actually balance. And I do not feel that most people are going to be able to get the balance of cardio and strength training straight away. I think you're likely going to burn yourself out trying what you can recover from. If I was to give an ideal training week for the average person, I'd say three strength sessions a week, and one of those strength sessions would include 10 to 15 minutes of conditioning, and then I would say one to two sessions of steady-state cardio, or I would say three strength sessions per week, and I would finish those sessions off with around 15 to 20 minutes of steady-state cardio after each one. That way, you're getting in a full hour of cardio, and you're getting in pretty much three full hours of strength training as well. That's a really good place to start, but there's a reason people like me have a fucking job. It's because we are the people who are supposed to figure this shit out for you, and trying to do it on your own is probably going to be very difficult. That's not to say it can't be done, but it's going to take up a lot of your time. You're going to have to research quite a lot, and it's going to take quite a while to understand exactly what level of each modality you can perform and recover from, whilst also maintaining a social life as well. So... I like the idea of keeping all good qualities in a program year round, right? If you are someone who's into fitness, you might have heard of the the phrase periodization. And that's essentially where you would spend four weeks of a 12-week program focusing on strength, four focusing on hypertrophy, and then four focusing on conditioning. The problem with that is you're not spending enough time in each phase to actually see any tangible progress. Any good coach knows that building muscle takes a very fucking long time, building strength takes a very long time, and building conditioning also takes a very long time. So what's going to happen if you spend four weeks focusing on building muscle and then you spend the next eight weeks not really doing anything for it, the same with your cardio work and the same with your strength, what's going to happen is you're just going to be spinning your wheels. There is no sake, no point just periodizing for the sake of periodizing. For me, I just think it's important to look at my own goals and go, right, what's important to me? It's important to look good, so I pitch a few workers in there. It's important to be strong, so strength workers in there. And it's important to be fit, so cardio's in there. Now, yes, 
I could spend six months of the year going on a bulk, and that would probably be optimal for me to build some muscle. Yes, I could spend six months just running and do four to five runs a week, and that would be optimal for me being in shape, being fit, and being able to run faster. But the thing for me is that I find all three of these qualities equally important, okay? And so for me, if you want to include all three of them, you need to accept that your progress in any one of these individualized areas is going to be a little bit slower than if you focused on one of them. But there is a greater overall net effect for your actual health. And for me, it just keeps it interesting as well. I would get very, very bored just following a straight bodybuilding split. I'd also get extremely bored just running all the time. And I also find powerlifting boring as fuck. So for me, just taking the elements that I like from each of those different things is what helps keep me sane. It's what helps keep me enjoying fitness. And it's also what helps keep me fit. I know I'm fit enough to run a half marathon or a marathon at the drop of a hat now. I've done it before. I know I am strong enough to probably press well over half my body weight overhead cold. And I know I've got a relatively decent amount of muscle enough so that people know that I'm lifting weights, which, let's face it, that's what we all want. And so for me, those three qualities are massively important and I just want to keep them in there. I don't just want to focus on one thing at a time. I like enjoying my training and I like the variety of it as well. I was always someone when I first qualified who was like so anal about what we had to do and no, no, my way is the right way and honestly spent so much time like putting out content, telling everyone else why their way was incorrect and my way was the best and... That is just a Dunning-Kruger effect of when you start out, you think you know absolutely everything. And then when you get very experienced, you realise you know absolutely nothing. Um, and for me, I've kind of got to that stage where I'm like, look, whatever you are doing, that keeps you in the gym, that keeps you training, that keeps you moving. Fuck optimality. I am not asked whether something is optimal. Do you like it? Yes. Sound. Go and do it. Do you not like it? fine, okay, well, do you need to include it? If the answer's yeah, you should probably do a little bit of it. If you don't need to include it, don't fucking do it. Like, we overcomplicate fitness so much. You think you've got to be running in zone two because everyone's doing zone two runs. You think you've got to be lifting kettlebells because everyone else is doing it. The ultimate question for me is, do you actually like what you're doing? There is going to be an element of your training that if you've got a goal, you're not going to enjoy. If you're trying to strip down to 5% body fat, no one wants to be on the fucking Stairmaster for 40 minutes at the end of every session. I understand that, right? Not everyone wants to do split squats and do all this single leg work to build their legs. I understand that. There's got to be an element of your training that sucks a little bit because that's what keeps you moving. If you just always did the shit that you enjoyed doing, you would find weak spots coming up very quickly. If I just did this, the stuff I enjoy doing, I would never run because I actually don't really enjoy it that much. I just enjoy the feeling of it after. But like I say, that's what's most important, okay? Making sure you enjoy 80% of your training and the 20% that you think, for fuck's sake, I can't believe I've got to do this. I do not want to do that. That's how you know you've got a good training program, okay? That's how you know the modality that you've chose to enroll in works, okay? Now... Steady state cardio, I want to pull it back to that a little bit um, because I think it's important that we address it. And um, we talk about the elephants in the room, which is that it's boring. It is very boring. For me, being on a long run for the first half an hour, I just hate it. I just think this is shite. Like, I'm fucking bored. I might just turn around. And usually after about half an hour, I think, yeah, I'm loving this. I'm in my flow. I'm feeling good. 
The problem is most people don't spend more than half an hour doing steady state cardio, so they probably just hate the whole thing all the time. And then they just think this is so shit that I'm not looking forward to doing it and I'm therefore not going to do it. This is what I would recommend to anyone who does not enjoy steady state cardio, right? Number one is if you are on the treadmill or if you are on the, the stepper or whatever, get your phone up, put Netflix on or put a podcast on, okay? And just do your cardio while you're distracting yourself. Or if you really want to, you can answer work emails or do anything else like that. The other bits of life admin that you need to do on your phone, you can do whilst you're on the cardio machine. That makes it, for me, a lot easier to do because it gives me something to look forward to and I'm not thinking about how mundane this half an hour is going to be. Number two, cycle through different pieces of kit. So if you don't want to run for 40 minutes, well, break it up. Well, you've got a skier there, you might have an assault bike, you might have a cross trainer and you might have a, a treadmill. Just do 10 minutes on each of them or just do a mile on each of them and just cycle through them so that when you start to get bored, you go, it's all right, I'm moving to a different piece of equipment. Your heart rate is still going to be high. You're still going to be getting the benefits of the conditioning and of the, the zone two steady state cardio, but you're going to be keeping yourself stimulated. And if that's what helps you do it, it's better than you not doing it. Is that the best advice if you are looking to run an ultra marathon? You're probably going to want to run a little bit more if that is your goal. But if you just want to keep yourself fit, if you just want to make sure that your heart's taken over properly, that's a great option. This brings me on to the topic of on-foot versus off-foot cardio as well. Okay, so one of the big issues I had to face with running was plantar fasciitis and was feeling a little bit of pain in my knee. And other people get issues with their Achilles, with the calves, with IT band syndrome. There's all kinds of different things that can go wrong with longer runs. I would spend a lot of time just pounding that pavement. There is also something, you can also get anemia, runner's anemia from striking the ground a lot. Which So if you've got low iron already, um, it's probably not a good idea to be running ridiculously high volumes. Uh, I think it's called foot strike hemolysis, which breaks up the red blood cells in your feet and causes you to become anemic. You knew that, Charlotte told me that the other day. Um, and I researched it and it turned out to be true. So this is where the on-foot versus off-foot cardio discussion comes in. Something I have found that's massively benefited me and something you will see all the top athletes doing, particularly the top runners, is spending a lot of time either on it because they are all different modalities that don't involve you striking your foot against the floor. Okay, and you're still going to be able to build up really great levels of cardiovascular health and fitness, but you are doing that sans foot strike. And some people just cannot tolerate that at first. And I think it would be a really wise idea for anyone who is either suffering with an injury or just someone who does not have a good level of tissue tolerance to actually start off on something off foot. The rower is a great option because you're using your full body. The assault bike is amazing. Um, it absolutely sucks dick when you're doing it, but it's really, really good for you. And just incorporate maybe 60% of your work off foot and then gradually just moving on foot a little bit. That way you know you've got the conditioning before you start running to make sure that you are using good form to make sure that you're not dragging your feet along the floor. Because let's face it, a lot of the problems with running come from when you get tired. A lot of injuries with running come from tiredness or come from lack of tissue tolerance. And if we can build up a good level of cardiovascular fitness before we actually take two pounds on the pavement, then I think you've got a better chance of keeping yourself off the injury list. I've found since I've started doing that, touch wood, I have not had one injury. I've had a few blisters on my feet. That's about it. Um, but when I 
just literally set out at the beginning of last year, ran a 17k after not running whatsoever. I come back and I had plantar fasciitis for three months and couldn't run. Um, so it was absolutely shite. Please don't do that. But definitely, definitely look at including all different bits of cardio equipment, uh, getting outside, mixing your cardio up so it's not too boring, and just getting a little bit of Netflix on as well. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. So... To summarise this podcast, the question was cardio versus weight training. Where is the sweet spot? If I had to pick one modality, it would be strength training. The reason for that is because with strength training, you're getting the aesthetics, so you're looking good, um, and you're getting the health benefits. Whereas with chronic cardio work, if you are going to be performing cardio and you're going to be doing that multiple times per week you're not necessarily going to look great unless you've already got a lot of muscle on your frame and you're dropping fat and the issue with chronic cardio without strength training is you are likely to pick up injuries it's probably not that great for your joints and if you are someone who really spams running your heart can actually enlarge so it's that on Schultz rule of small doses stimulate large doses inebriate we want to make sure we're somewhere in the middle of that sweet spot where we're getting most of the benefits, but none of the ill effects as well. So for me, if I had to pick one, it, and I was really pressed for time and I didn't want to like try and incorporate the two of them, it would be strength training. I think it's overall more beneficial than cardio if I had to pick one of them. But I think the pair of them absolutely complement each other. And I think that it's really important that we incorporate both for our overall health, for our overall vitality. And let's face it, when we're cutting weight, eventually, after spending a lot of time bulking, it's a lot easier to force yourself to do the cardio when you've kept it in your programme year-round. No one wants to start doing cardio when they are bulking, when they feel fat and realising they can't even do five minutes on the fucking Stairmaster because of that out of shape. So, peace out. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. And make sure you give this podcast a little rating. And if you really liked it, share it to your story so other people can listen to it as well. Peace.